Welcome to the English Out Loud podcast, a podcast where I give you tips on how you can enhance your spoken English. My name is Pat. I'm from Toronto, Canada. I'm an accent coach for the American Accent. And today I've got a fantastic interview on with Dr. Raquel Solis. She is a medical doctor focusing on naturopathic medicine and is a professor at the University Tech de Monterrey here in Mexico. And, uh, well, she's got some interesting things to teach us here about staying healthy. I encourage everybody to listen on in because, well, for one, it's always valuable to know how to take care of your health. And two, listening to this conversation and listening for the things discussed in the past will indeed help you with your regular spoken English. So enjoy this conversation here with Dr. Solis. I have here today a very interesting doctor I'd like to speak with, Miss Raquel, and, uh, and well, she has fantastic English. Well, you tell my audience about yourself a little bit. Uh, what do you focus on in medicine? I finished med school in 2010, and then I decided that I wanted to learn more about how to have all of this balance in our body, but not only with medications, so also with other therapies. I found that nutrition was the, the most important part. So I, I went to a college of naturopaths, which, that it's called College of Naturopathic Medicine in London. And I studied there for two years, naturopathic nutrition, it's called. And also, I, I find very interesting the part of global health. So I also did a master in public health nutrition, which is quite associated with the topic of nutrition of my other diploma course. But in the master, it's more focused on like population. So I, I also found that that will be helpful for my development as a professional. So I did those two programs in London, and then I came back to Mexico and I started my own practice. And uh, I'm also at the moment finishing my master's in traditional Chinese medicine. Uh, and my private practice is I try to help my patients to find this balance in their body by having a good nutrition, having a, like an active lifestyle, and well, many other recommendations that we can talk more about later. But that's what I do at the moment. And, um, well, I, I, I really enjoy my, my work. That's quite a resume you've got. Most <laughs> and not to mention how fluidly, like, you really explain that very confidently and fluidly in a second language. That's very cool. I've definitely got a few questions about the Chinese medicine studies. Okay. But I'd like mm -hmm. to ask first about considering you've done all of that. And I mean, of course, studying in London, you had to study in English. After that, though, I mean, like what has driven you to keep up with your English in the first place? Because you certainly haven't lost it. Well, I teach some courses in English. I When I came back, I started teaching Fundaments of Life in a, in a high school. So daily at 7 a.m. I was speaking English for one hour or two hours. So I think that has kept me like practicing, right? And well, I also read a lot in English. And sometimes I do have patients that have English as their first language. So I, I have to also 
use it for them. So, but yeah, I think mainly the the courses that, that I teach uh, at the moment, I'm also teaching another course that it's called uh, Wellbeing and Sustainability. And it's also completely in English. So I think those are the ways that I keep my English up to date. <laughs> I have like a certain amount of, of courses that I have to teach every year. And the, the one that I mentioned at the end, the well-being and sustainability is one that I designed myself. So uh, I teach that one every every semester. Well, first off, that's a lot of work. I mean, I've been trying to design just <laughs> courses on the American accent lately. And it's like I'm banging my head off the wall, putting it together. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of work. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't imagine. But I suppose the great thing as well is that when people apply the methods that you teach to their own lives, then they kind of study it by living it. At least that's in my mm -hmm. thought. That's uh, what I would see it as. Exactly. I mean, in these in this courses, some of them are like completely digital. So we only have like synchronous sessions like three sessions per semester or something like that but everything else like the references like the bibliogra bibliographic references and you have videos and things like that and other classes I do give them synchronously and and those courses yes well you're you're living the experience every day yeah for myself I studied sociology for a few years and I mean it's very different but how mm -hmm. I liked to study was just by riding the subway in the city And just looking at mm -hmm. the people around me and seeing the things that I learned in class at play in society. Regarding Chinese medicine, it's something that I would learn about as a kid in cartoons. And they would almost make it seem like a sort of magic. And I think that's kind of the view of Western culture on it is like, oh, this is just some kind of fairy tale magic. But I mean, you're getting a master's in it, so... Clearly, if mm -hmm. either uh, maybe you're a wizard, but uh, <laughs> more likely there's a much more merit to it. So can you elaborate a little bit on what is ancient Chinese medicine or traditional Chinese medicine? We could explain it as a medical system on its own. So as, for example, traditional Mexican medicine is or as uh, Ayurveda is traditional Chinese medicine is a um, medical system. So in it, it has a lot of its culture, it has a lot of elements such as philosophy, like Taoist philosophy. But in the, if we, if we try to focus on the part of, of like the, the most medical part of it, it's basically what, what they, what they do is that they have different treatments, right? They have acupuncture, they have moxibustion, they have a kind of massage that is called twina. There's also another tool that they use that is called Wacha. And um, what am I? Uh, electro, electro acupuncture is also something that they do. Uh, they have a lot of like all of these treatments, right? But the main objective or the main goal of the, the traditional Chinese medicine is to preserve health. So they're also very focused on prevention. That's what I also like a lot about uh, about traditional Chinese medicine, because they try to find these balance when, when like to be a healthy person. So that you are not getting into these emergency situations, you know, in which you will need a surgery or you will need to have a medication for your entire life. So that's what I also, what I like a lot about traditional Chinese medicine. But yeah, the, there's a, uh, all of these spectrum of, of uh, treatments that you can have. But if we look at the system itself of this medical system, it has a lot, a lot of other elements that it will be. Uh, I mean, it's very long to explain, but it's, it, they are based on different theories. 
such as the yin yang theory, theories of the of the sang fu or the the organs that we have. They see some other organs more important than we do in the Western medicine. For example, the spleen, it's a very important organ for them, but it's but it's not the spleen per se. It's like the the function of uh, the, the like the digestive function that uh, our body has. So before they they consider it the spleen, now we think it's more like the pancreas function. But for example, if you go to a traditional Chinese medicine doctor, they will probably tell you like there's a deficiency on your qi of the spleen. So maybe people could be a little bit <laughs> confused. So mainly what they're saying is that there's there's like energy lacking in your digestive function. That's that will be like more translation of it. And in the traditional Chinese medicine, also it's important to mention that they have uh, we, we have different forms of diagnosis. So it's not like you you diagnose a condition. So it's not like you have only irritable bowel syndrome or only gastritis or only a migraine. But you have all this, like a syndrome, like I mentioned before, you might have a deficiency of chi of a certain organ, or you might have a blood stagnation, like there are different names. Based on that, then you're going to have a treatment. Whoa. <laughs> Maybe you're more confused yeah. now. <laughs> no, actually, I mean, it's like you're saying, okay, a migraine isn't necessarily a problem in your head. It could be a problem in another part of your body, but the migraine is a symptom of that problem. Yeah, that's... Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's also and also they 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 have like the emotions in a very important level. Yeah, because I mean, growing up when I would have a headache, I would just take ibuprofen because, well, because my mom was too cheap to buy Advil, but we'd, <laughs> we'd get the generic stuff, which is the same. And and that's what I as far as I knew, ibuprofen uh, was magic. You know, it was, uh, I got a headache and uh, I've been playing video games for too long or something like that. And instead of simply turning off the TV and going to bed at three o'clock in the morning, I'd stay up late playing video games every night and just pop another ibuprofen, you know, pop another pill. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I suppose, yeah, when, you know, that that's, was not a healthy thing for a kid to learn at a young age that here's a pill that you can just take to make your problems go away because my problem wasn't the headache itself. My problem was that I was, you know, probably sleep deprived and I was the the blue light uh, blaring in my face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In in Spanish, we have a saying, I don't know if if there's a saying in in English like that, but it's called like uh, covering the sun with a finger. I don't know if if there's a a saying like that in English. But what I'm trying to say here is that you cannot cover like something that is that big with a quick fix, you know, like it's uh, important to go, as you mentioned, to the source of the problem. So in this case, like, you probably needed to be more hydrated to keep yourself up like from the tv and to, to rest and to have a proper meal maybe you, you didn't have a, a proper dinner before you know like mm-hmm. so n- not trying to fix something with just these quick fixes just like trying to go to the source of the problem it's very important for the traditional chinese medicine and all, it should also be for western medicine but sometimes because of the the medical system structure or time, like sometimes it's time taking, things like that. It can be very common for Western doctors to be trying to 
use these quick fixes instead of going to a source of the problem. Well, especially as well in the United States, and I guess as well here in Mexico, I notice in Monterey a lot, there's a pharmacy on every corner and like they've all got antibiotics for you, no matter what, there's antibiotics for the problem. As I've gone to the doctor with a small cold and he's like, oh, you just need some antibiotics. I just need some electrolytes, really. I just need to rest or something like that. And he, But I, well, I didn't know that at the time. I took the antibiotics and I was better and I felt better so quickly. When the mentality of Western culture is instant satisfaction, I can totally see why people want that antibiotic shot or they want a headache pill or something like that because that's easier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not only the fault of the doctors, but it's also sometimes the way that we as a society are programmed yeah. at the moment, right? Like you mentioned, it's uh, well, very common that we need immediate response for everything. Like you are, you don't find the answer for something and you Google it and in one second you have an answer. So we're programmed like that. We want everything immediate. And sometimes also people don't want to struggle that much. They want to, they don't want to get out of their comfort zone. So they also, I mean, if you want to lose weight, for example, it's like, okay, give me some pills to lose weight or get, let me have a bariatric surgery, you know, like you, you, you must also like get out of your comfort zone, like to achieve a goal. Sometimes it's also part of the problem, the, as you mentioned, the society. I was amazed. Well, I don't know why I was amazed. I was more um, in shock before. I went to a restaurant to get some mañaneros, some tacos. It was one of my first times here in Mexico. And I just wanted a water, some orange juice or something for my breakfast because it was like 7 a.m. And he laughed and he just opened up a bottle of <laughs> one of those bottles Coca -Cola. of Coca-Cola. Yeah, just with the real sugar, with the sugar cane sugar. I mean, that'll pick you up at seven in the morning. Yeah. But that just shows, you know, this guy doesn't even consider bringing anything except Coca-Cola because that's what his clients want. And when that's someone's habit in the morning, I fully agree with you. No matter how their body feels, it's real hard to step out of that habit. It is a tough habit to change. And I guess that's a choice that we make as people. But thankfully, we've got doctors like you and podcasts like this to educate people that there's another way. You don't have to take <laughs> Yeah, pills. exactly. I mean, yeah, it's just a matter of getting also to into these habits, right? Like to, I, I love the Nike slogan, like, just do it. <laughs> yeah. Just just do it. I mean, just try to. And, and once you start it, it's usually more easy when once you've started. And so do you have any tips? How can somebody get the ball rolling? How can anybody who's listening, who says to themselves right now, I'm one of those people who had a Coca-Cola at 8 a.m. What can they possibly do to start changing some habits? First of all, is to identify them, right? To have a self-assessment, we could say. And try to figure out how are we in the different elements of uh, the lifestyle that we have. So, for example, try to give yourself a grade. Like, how am I in nutrition? Am I like a 90 out of 100 or am I like a 60 out of 100? The same for the physical activity. The same for your uh, mental health. The same for uh, addictions. And in addictions, I mean, not only like tobacco, uh, I mean, also alcohol, but also it's very, it's very easy to be addict of sugar. So also I would uh, include there the addiction to sugar. 
Also, maybe addictions to, to the social media. That's very common at the moment. I and mean, it can give, give us, give, gives us a lot of anxiety. Also, how are you in your personal relationships? I mean, that's also very important for your lifestyle. So I think if you, you self-assess in all of these elements of the lifestyle, it's easier to then find like areas of opportunity. Like where do you need to work more, right? Of course, like to be able to self-assess, you need also to know what's correct, to know what's okay, because maybe people will say, I mean, having one, one Coca-Cola per day is not that bad. And uh, I would say, yeah, I mean, try only have only to have water, right? I think it's a, it's a matter of also self-education or, or try to, to find sources where you can uh, read proper information on, on, on health. I would recommend like the internet sites that are official, like for example, the World Health Organization or for example, certain clinics in the United States, like the Mayo Clinic uh, site. It's also good on, on giving recommendations. Also, if you follow like Instagram accounts or things like that, just check that they are certified, that they are actually medical doctors or nutritionists. I mean, that that they do have the credit because sometimes there are only influencers that will make you, uh, or they, they will give you recommendations that are based on nothing or only based on experience. And it's not, it's not something that you should be following, right? So for these self-assessment, self, uh, self-education is important. And uh, these, I would suggest to be done with, with uh, official sites, right? And after having these self-assessment and knowing what are your, like, what are your areas of opportunity, then make a plan. I mean, make a plan on what are your priorities. So for example, if your priority is to have better nutrition, maybe what you should do is say, okay, what do I need to have a better nutrition? I need to go to the supermarket because if I don't, then I don't have anything in my in my home and then I, I cannot prepare anything and I will end up ordering uh, to Uber Eats, right? So maybe the first thing that you have to do is go to the, to the supermarket um, buy vegetables, buy fruits, buy like nutritious, fr- nutritious food and not only like frozen meals. Uh, so I think the more natural you, or you, you buy things, it's much easier to have a, a better, a better nutrition without necessarily counting calories or anything. Just like, just by cooking and preparing more on your own. I think that's a, a, a very good way to start. If you're planning to improve your physical activity, then also make a plan for that. Okay. So what are your, what are the times of your day where you can, you can invest that you, where you can invest for, for the physical activity? If it's a, a very few minutes, then try to find YouTube videos that could be used in, in those times and also make your health a priority because then if, if you have areas of opportunities in all of these elements that I mentioned, but you end up saying, no, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. You you will end up not doing anything. But I think we have to make ourselves care a priority, definitely. That's also something that, that I think many people have to work in that. So make yourself time for you, okay? Like make yourself time for eating well, for having a, a, an active lifestyle. And another thing that I didn't mention on, the, on these elements of the lifestyle, but I think it's very important for your mental health and the quality of your sleep for example it's also the um, contact with nature i will also recommend that a lot like have some time to have walks in the park maybe one one day per week go to a more a bigger park wherever you're living like try to find a national park around 
where you can also have like picnics and uh, having this contact with nature can also make you feel much less stressed and it's very important for your well-being. So I think in a nutshell, <laughs> that's a way that I, I, I would recommend that for, for the listeners. Folks, this is just a quick message to remind you to subscribe to the Accent Training Podcast. If you haven't already, you don't want to miss a second of this accent training experience. And you want to be updated whenever I've got new content out for you. So if you haven't subscribed, hit subscribe now. Literally anybody can do that. I mean, it doesn't... Yeah, uh Good uh, tips there because absolutely, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you can... I mean, okay, I'm, I guess that there are some places, if you're stuck in the middle of the desert, there's not a lot of nature, <laughs> but the desert is nature. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I'll go find I mean, some snakes or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even even, even uh, the deserts are, are nature. They, are, they have these awesomeness that we mm-hmm. need to find uh, constantly to, to, to keep ourselves more, more motivated and happy and with good with a good mental health yes those are really good tips that you've given there Mm -hmm. um definitely given some direction because i think some of the things that you say too such as identifying the things that you want to change i think that that's something that if you think about it it is pretty easy in a way because a lot of us know what we want to change but then sometimes it's the fact that it's so annoying that we can't change it or, you know, it feels like such a mountain to take on changing it that nothing changes kind of thing. Or else we just lean yeah. into it more. Like, because I also used to be addicted to chocolate. Very. Okay. Oh, my God. Like you said, sugar. So uh-huh. I used to work in pharmacies, walking around, catching people, shoplifting. Fun job. You meet a lot of interesting folk. But to keep myself entertained all day, I was... Well, there was a portion in the pharmacy where they'd sell gourmet chocolates and mm. like the Lind, like, yeah, not just yeah. the Lindors, they had those, but like all the selection. So uh-huh. they were like $5 a chocolate bar, but I was just throwing my paycheck at these, like eating four chocolates <laughs> every shift, like just way too much. Yeah, but it's, it's very common to have, to have the, the sugar addiction. Of course, also, if you are, if you are in a job that requires to be alert. <laughs> That's true. But in Canada, in the winter's cold. And I mean, it's just, it's depressing outside and chocolate cheers you up. Also, yeah. But on top of that, though, my problem wasn't just chocolate. As you say, when we have a problem, it's often a symptom of something much larger. And my problem wasn't just chocolate. My problem was chocolate and pizza and McDonald's and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) So many things. It wasn't just one poor food addiction. It was many. Taking on all of that at once. For me, I don't mind cooking. I enjoy cooking. But I also really like McDonald's. And so taking on, you know, <laughs> thinking to myself, okay, I've got to stop all of this immediately and just start eating salads. I set myself up for failure because I was going through these massive kind of just crashes where I'd want chocolate or I'd feel irritable and, or, or mm-hmm. I just want, you know, junk food. I'd, I'd walk past McDonald's and just be craving a hamburger and French fries, even if I wasn't hungry. And so 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I also forgot to mention that in this plan that you work on for after your self-assessment, it's important to make these goals, uh, like the smart goals, like to make them achievable. They have to be specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-lapsed. Because if you say, like you mentioned, if you say, I, I, am, I am maybe a 50 out of 100 in my nutrition, and I want to stop eating McDonald's and have more salads, and you, as a goal, you will, you will write in your self-assessment, uh, have salads every day. That's not going to work. That's not achievable, right? <laughs> so mm. you need to maybe, maybe have a, a smarter goal. So something like have uh, only, uh-huh, maybe one, one smoothie or one, or have one McDonald's per week and only one, right? Not every day or yeah, something tough. like that. I like to try, try to, <laughs> try to make it achievable for you. That's it, you know, but it's important also to be time specific because then you say have less McDonald's, but what is that? What is less? It's very relative. You need to be time, time specific, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. you also need to be relevant, of course, because you mentioned you like McDonald's a lot. Uh, so make it relevant for you. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I forgot to mention that and it's very important because then you will, you will, you will be doomed for fail. <laughs> That's such a good point there. Realistic goals. I mean, I mentioned this, mm-hmm. I mentioned it with our accent, you know, for one, people message me saying, when will I speak like a native? And it's like, if that's your attitude. You know, it's <laughs> it's not a matter of when, you know, it's about, I guess, just what can you put into this? And when mm-hmm. when you say to yourself this month, I'm going to practice or I'm going to change a couple of things and maybe you meet 50 percent of those goals. Maybe you don't even meet 100 percent of your your realistic goals, but it's it's better than nothing, you know, and then the mm-hmm. next month you try again and and within a couple of years, you can kick that chocolate habit. And uh, yeah, and cut McDonald's down to once a month. <laughs> That's a very important, a very important, uh, good yeah. recommendation. I like to go, I mean, baby steps, you know, because sometimes you 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 cannot achieve larger things, but if you go step by step, then you can achieve a lot. Regarding some English speech related stuff, well, I mean, of course, I guess as a doctor, you mentioned that you have patients, uh, you'll communicate with them in complete English. Outside of patients, have you found any opportunity in your life and where uh, your English, where you would use it to, you know, really help other people? I think I've had a couple of times or even more times in London where where you see well people that are are struggling with something you know like maybe finding the like the the directions for the tube or like have like where to go like they're lost in in, in the city or something and and being able to to help them get to that tube station or something that maybe it's a, something that that I've I've done. I don't remember like with a specific person or or a specific moment, but I mm-hmm. I did it a couple of times. So I think sometimes when you're lost in the city, <laughs> yeah. you you need someone friendly. And if I didn't if I didn't speak English, maybe I wouldn't have been able to help them. Uh, and uh, like giving directions mm-hmm. is something that you can just show them on the map or something. But not, they don't necessarily have a a, a great English. But I think. Maybe being friendly and knowing English might have helped. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> I feel the same as you on that. Like when I see when 
Latino tourists ask me for directions in Toronto, I get so excited because I get to explain it. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll, right. I'll hear the accent and I'll hear the, uh, you know, the broken English and I'll be like, oh, I got this in Spanish, buddy. You're, you're not getting lost today. And uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I suppose actually this just about brings us to wrapping things up for today because I've well I've got some other things I got to keep getting to and I'm sure you've got a busy day yourself. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most certainly. Thank you for your time today. Do you have any last thoughts that you'd like to share with uh, with my audience here before we wrap things up? Well, um, to keep practicing your English and uh, what I found uh, sometimes helpful it's uh, to I mean if you're if you're gonna have like a meeting or something or, or or for example when I when I teach when I know that I'm gonna teach something different as a topic that I haven't thought uh, before doing like practicing before a lot of times <laughs> maybe three or four times like doing the, the class uh, only on my own. And that way then when I do the class, when I give the class, it's much easier like to have the words coming easily. And uh, and also to practice the, the accent, right? Like to have a, uh, I mean, it's not like a proper native accent, but like to be understandable for the people. And uh, so maybe if you have listeners that, that are learning English because they want to have like a, a job interview or something, what I would, what I would recommend is maybe to have that, that practice. Uh, I know that you probably don't know which questions you're going to be asked, but like try random questions and talk to yourself. And then maybe when you go to the interview, it's going to be much more fluid. Uh, I think that will be like a recommendation that I that I found. Yeah, I guess. Well, in terms of an interview, yeah, that's something everybody has trouble with. At, at, even in your own language, interviews are daunting. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There are actually, Google has, just looking up top job interview questions, there are so many pages who, that go through interview questions very thoroughly. So mm-hmm. good suggestion on that. Even if, if now you don't have a, a perfect accent, but to, to, to speak, because if you don't, then you'll never be able to practice. <laughs> so that's also, a good, I think, a good tip or recommendation. Even if you now feel that you don't have a great accent, but also, I mean, even with that, you have to speak out and to talk to everyone <laughs> to have a practice, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that's actually what I do. Uh, for everybody listening, they already know I'm always on Clubhouse because I'll do a lot of podcast episodes live on Clubhouse. And indeed, and, and actually, I always encourage people listening, if you're interested in an invite to Clubhouse and you want to get on there because there's so many native English speakers, like they're not paid to speak with you, but they are um, mm-hmm. they're there speaking and you can join in on the conversation. Uh, even I'll even hear people speaking on there who are like real slow with real broken English and there will be like 500 people listening and the people are so polite and everything when they're here. Anyway, the point is, like you say, you got to use it or you lose it. It's I've found that with my Spanish. Yeah, in Toronto, if I didn't use my Spanish, I would lose it. But luckily, most of my friends are Latinos, so I would mostly use my Spanish in Toronto. (laughs) 
Well, I do got to get going at the moment, but, um, but thank you very much for your time and your suggestions on language and on, uh, on how to take care of our health, because these are things that we got to know. Yeah, no, well, um, it's my pleasure to, to be here with you, Patrick. And uh, thank you very much for your, for the invite. And we'll talk to you later, I guess. (laughs) absolutely i'll talk to you then have a wonderful day i'll see you later you too bye-bye thank you bye so good interview there with dr raquel we got to learn a number of things uh learn a little bit about traditional chinese medicine and that it is not the kind of magic that uh, you may picture it to be from what you hear in movies possibly We also learn a little bit about how you can just keep using your language skills to help other people. It's such an important thing in this world is to help other people. And when you can help other people and learn from other people, well, that's where language skills come in extremely important. So keep up the good work on your language, folks, and uh, we will take things from here in the days to come. Enjoy your breakfast, your lunch, and your dinner. Enjoy wherever you are in the world. Enjoy this time of day. And uh, and take care of yourself. Well, have a good one. Hey, Accent Learner. Thanks for listening all the way through. I have positions available for accent training, and as always, I want to offer them to my audience. First, you're the hardest working accent learners out there, right? So if it's important for you to have a coach with a proven and sustainable method to show you results in 90 days, open up the application form in the description of this episode, reach out to me, And if I see that my solution is a good fit for your situation, I'll be reaching out to you personally, and we can discuss how my method will get you expressing your thoughts and your opinions more confidently in English with three months of dedicated and focused training. Your seat's available for you, my friend. Your teacher's ready to go. Now is the time to make it happen. I look forward to hearing from you.